0: Um, you know, but I I wasn't one of the stars of the sport. I was kind of there thereabouts, and you know, I made the world team a couple times. And when I wasn't getting in fights and being suspended, well, um, I, I got I, a chance to I got a chance to race. So.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I just quickly, as I said, you the peripheral Google of you, I'm like John Baker suspended for three months in 2009, uh, an incident with. Maybe. Uh, do, I, do I say what happened or do you want to just go I'll through? I'll it? tell the story. Okay, um, good. Uh, this is I'm what just I curious
0: is it still on the first page of Google or is it now maybe it's pushed this the side? I up. don't know. Because n- that, was, that was like 10
1: years ago. It had to have been the first page because <laughs> that's
0: all the research I did.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Between Two Wheels podcast, another great edition. Jonathan Baker. With us today, Jonathan, how are you doing? And thanks for coming in.
0: Thanks for having me, Tyler. It's uh, been a busy week, you know, um, managing all this newfound uh, fame and and not fortune (laughs) between (laughs) my my regular job and and family and everything.
1: You know, um, you're no, you're no, This is probably not new to you. I mean, if you just Google your name and cycling or cyclocross, you know, all kinds of articles come up. Uh, You're in your Nevada City, you know. they've, they've been, But th- we can talk about, especially the newest, the gravel situation and kind of, you know, this whole COVID-19 and whether that should have happened or not. Uh, but first of all, how are you doing and dealing with this whole situation? My understanding, just doing doing a little bit of precursor analysis from you is... You, you work from home generally. Is that
0: remotely? You know, I'm I'm so fortunate. I I have a remote job in the education industry, and it's funded by the state of California. So I'm pretty. I'm in a pretty stable situation. My wife works remotely for a healthcare company. Oh yeah. Um. So we've just got kind of our little enclave here, and we're just hunkered down and and uh, trying to make the most out of it right now.
1: Yeah, that, that's good. Um, yeah, my wife works for healthcare company as well. She's works from home, so that's she's dialed in. I'm doing. I, the courts are closed, so I'm just I'm dealing with yep. what it is. So I'm riding more. That's kind of the result. <laughs> are you getting out enough, at least for some bike riding? You know,
0: I got on a ride today and I didn't see hardly anybody. Right. And I, I put on my got my gravel bike out, put some extra fat tires on it, and went super deep <laughs> into the remote r- woods. So. You know i think that's almost what we've got these days is you know i'm talking to the i talking to my team i have this this gravel team i'm on rodeo labs uh, pro gravel uh, talking to a bunch of guys like what's our plan now what are we doing for the season and you know we're some of them are planning some big bike packing trips um mm. different ways to just sort of get the brand out there and and represent because, you know, all the events are are canceled or postponed at this
1: point. Right. So, I mean, you can still, I I talked to Tyler Williams and, you know, he's kind of saying the same thing in a different aspect, but, um, you know, getting kind of personal sponsorships and promoting them, that's kind of the gravel aspect. But if, so my, my thinking is also, you know, uh, one of the, the, uh, shot the vital places that can still be is, you know, bike shops, they're saying, because people are getting out and riding. So,
0: you know bike's
1: industry as long as people are i guess are still able to possibly
0: work well i think the bike shops are closed you know at oh. least here in california we they i don't think they made the list of essential services i think so. i
1: well i heard that this morning did that they, they? did
0: now, really okay that's that's news to me right I, and I, 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 w- I was feeling lucky i got my bike in that was completely destroyed <laughs> yeah by the mid south race i got it into the shop early this week and they turned it around in Nevada, you know, Tour Nevada City, kind of legendary bike shop here in town.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, fixed me all up, but yeah, I was worried the shops were going to close, and I'm like, ah, you know, I mean, I'm wrenching my bike quite a bit anyway, but I'm I'm lazy in that respect, and I well, that's what know. I was going to say. I mean, you don't do your own work. I've... I do a I do a lot of it, but you know, I'm so time crunched now that I'm happy to spend my money on the local economy right. to, to have them do it right again. it's
1: always a, a cost analysis of my work you know yeah. priorities over doing that I, yeah. I try to do all my own bike work so stay away from me doing a race because I could just fall apart well <laughs>
0: this you, I this thing was on life support I mean oh. every I, I brought I came back to the shop and they were all kind of laughing like every time they pulled the new component off like some muddy water would come out of the frame <laughs> and and you know the the pulley wheels were it was like a ninja star, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It was. It was some insane uh, so devastation there.
1: What bike is that? Is is that new? Is that the new bike?
0: You um, got? This, you is the,
1: this is the this is the Trail
0: Donkey 3.0. Okay. It's um, by this company, Rodeo Labs. Okay, they're based out of Denver, um, and it's it's a carbon frame, and they they kind of build it as like a do it all trail bike. But you know, we took it to a race and we raced it. And that was kind of a big thing for the company because they had, their kind of client base hadn't really seen it in that performance level because it's got you know, it's got six bottle mounts and it's mm. like something, something you could take out on a, on a month long bike packing adventure. But kind of we showed that you could take to the mid south and you could race on the thing and also do really well. So, it so was, it's not specific it nice for shot.
1: gravel, Is more of a bike adventure. It's, being... No, it
0: is. No, it's definitely a gravel bike, okay. it's a purpose built gravel bike for sure. But what? But is- it's, you know, it's very versatile in that it has all those kind of bells and whistles that you can do in a kind of a, a bike packing adventure ride sort of on it. Gotcha. So but,
1: I, I do want to talk about the, the Mid-South because that's the biggest, you know, and especially the, the dirt-covered face. I saw that. It was a Sunday morning, you know, it came off, and, and some people were sending it around, and it, was, it looked awesome. Uh, but in case someone doesn't really know who the famous John Baker is, uh, why don't we step back a little bit and talk about um, kind of who you are as far as a bike racer and get some of that under our belt, and then let's go right into the mid. And we're going to talk about the mid South because um, I don't know if it's controversy, but I've been seeing online like, hey, maybe it shouldn't have taken place, and obviously you went. So I, you know, be interested yep. to hear your point of view on that. But let's talk about. I've got a story there. Do you want to? Maybe we should jump in right there so we don't forget about it.
0: <laughs> let me let me do my intro. We'll we'll circle back. Okay. So,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Who is John yeah, so...
1: and, and and all your exploits? I could I could name a few of them, but um, you probably know them better than me. Well,
0: I'm just you know kind of an average guy who jumped who got into bike race racing a little late in life um i think i entered my first race when i was 26 oh. um cat five crit and i wound up winning that and um where was that at that's that was um do you remember the old solano bike bicycle classic okay, it was yeah. a stage race yeah and and they had an amateur crit on the last day and i'd i'd done some am so i've done some mountain biking leading up into that and um I was living in the Bay Area, and I, I saw it out there, and i would like, oh, let's try this road thing. And, you know, it. Uh, I, I had early success, so I won a Timex watch from that event. And, you know, it's all just been gravy since then. Do you have the watch still? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I would hope that. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, some some highlights for me. I was, you know, I've always been, I've always had a job. I've never been a full-time pro. I've been lucky enough that my family has supported me in my adventures and they have adventurous spirit and and, and now they've followed me over to europe and mm. done pro cyclocross for a couple seasons over right. there this is back in the late aughts um i think that's where i had my most success kind of internationally um if you consider you know finishing on the lead lap <laughs> well, success yeah but uh, those euros are pretty fast so i did that for a while and then you know i got to my mid-30s and you know we got to a point where we Kind of got a little burnt out on racing and and stepped away for a long time, and this was um, from like 2010 to 2015. I didn't even touch a bike hardly. I put on 50 pounds and was uh, kind of an amateur disc golfer. Um, Several of fun. your
1: competitors wish you were still back there at, the, at 50 <laughs> pounds plus
0: yeah so in the the whole time i was like i did road i did cyclocross i was just passionate about racing i love the competitive aspect and 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 now this no, this whole gravel thing comes along and it's like it combines those two disciplines and it's like where was this 15 years ago you know i could have been a rock star if they had gravel (laughs) back when i was young right well you are now still (laughs) so so yeah now i just mostly do masters racing and then i but i've been dabbling in this gravel thing and um I uh, some of my friends from Colorado because I I lived there for a long time. I talked to them last summer when I was out there for for the national championships, and they were putting together this gravel team, and and we kind of had a conversation about about me joining the team, and and they did all the legwork and they put together a bunch of great sponsors, um, you know, between nutrition and bikes and clothing and components. Um, so now. That's where this this cold mid south thing came about. Was I was able to join this team and and have a have a great tool to go out there and race on. So,
1: well, so you're 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 just glossing over a few details here. Let's say, say. so, <laughs> 2017 hill climb national champion, right? And just in on the road, okay. right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So, um, in, you, 2019 last year, you you destroyed everyone at road Nats out in Colorado Springs, and then won. Nats for Cross, same year. Well, let's
0: qualify that. That's well, very, do it's we? old guys. It's old guys. It, that's
1: Masters. Okay, right. Yeah, that's right. what I
0: mean. You know, it's like nobody, you know, I'm the I, Masters know me. Right. You know me because you're my peer. But, you know, you you talk to these young kids and, and you know, I wasn't on anybody's radar for this thing.
1: But, but so, we can go back. Even even I know yeah. you won Nats uh, for Cross, right, uh, in the, uh, late 2009-ish, 10 or so.
0: I won. Like that masters. was. Uh, I did. Yeah, I was it was the younger age group, the 35s. I, I I went back to back up and Bend um in I think 2010 and 2011. But you was you know before you that I was pro though, right? With the cross. I was a top 10. I was yeah. a solid top 10 yeah. guy in the in the in the national calendar for the pros. Um you know, had a few wins, had a few UCI wins. So um you know, but I I wasn't one of the stars of the sport. I was kind of there, or thereabouts, and you know, I made the world team a couple times, and when I wasn't getting in fights and being suspended, <laughs> well, um, I, I got I, a chance to. I got a chance to race. So, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I just
1: quickly, as I said, you the peripheral Google of you, uh, I'm like True. Jonathan Baker suspended for three months in 2009. Uh, an incident with. Maybe- uh, do I do I say what happened, or do you want to just go? I'll through I'll it? tell the story. Okay, um, good. Uh, this is. I'm what just I curious: love.
0: is it still on the first page of Google, or is now maybe it's pushed this? I up. don't because that was that was like ten years ago.
1: It had to have been the first page because <laughs> that's
0: all the research I did. <laughs> so, long story short, um, Kansas City, 2009, I think. I I was living in Belgium for the season, but I came back to the states to do nationals. And um, first lap, I crash. Adam Meyerson crashes into me after I crash. It was totally my fault the first crash. Our bikes are are caught together. It's a little kind of tussle to get the bikes apart. And I felt that he gave me a push um, at one point, maybe called me a couple of names. So I, I took a swing at him, glanced off his helmet. Um, normally, I mean, that's not really acceptable behavior, but, you know, normally you wouldn't see a huge repercussion from that. Um, but we were – there was a vet. There was like hundreds of people there. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of bubbled up to USA Cycling, and and they wound up um, wound up giving me a, a three month suspension for that, but then I accepted, and, and that kind of ended my season. So, any, um, any bad blood with you and Adam or, you know, um, I didn't really talk to him because I was kind of out of the sport for a long time. But um, he was the defending champ out here in Tacoma. Yeah, for the forty five plus cyclocross and. um, I got a chance to speak with them afterwards, and you know, we we hugged at the finish line and said, "Hey, you know, these are our, our younger selves are behind us, and right. we're we're friends now." So there's no bad blood at all.
1: Yeah. Oh well, that's that's I, yeah. I guess that's good. But for the podcast, we kind of like a little drama. But um, yeah. so <laughs> well, why don't you talk about? You said you had some good stories about going out to um uh, to, to Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah. Still right? Stillwater Is that right? That's still water. Right. Yeah. So had you, let me ask you this. Had you ever done, um, I know you came into cycling a little bit later, but, uh, had you ever done like uh, the 89 er stage race? Did you ever get a chance to do that as a, as a roadie?
0: I hadn't heard of that one.
1: No. Oh, well, that's how old I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I yeah, used to I be a to big race. In, used to, yeah. Okay. It used to be a big race in, in
0: Norman that we would do. Um, you know i did the tour of lawrence kansas that was probably the biggest thing i did and then okay. those tulsa tops i raced those right. a couple of, a couple of seasons coming driving from colorado um, back in my kind of pro road days but. you know
1: your your suspension doesn't sound all that you know a few years ago i think it was uh roberto gaggioli at athens had there was an accusation where he came after someone with a a two by four i mean that's not during the race, obviously. That's a little bit more. I don't even remember if they got a suspension, but.
0: Um... I was against that. Was Johnny Sunt that he uh, oh, okay. he hit him? Oh, th- he made so, contact. From what he, I heard. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah, I know there was some discrepancy yeah. and all that.
1: Yeah. So Okay. Let's go. Let's go over to Stillwater. So you get this race lined up with your new team, and um, first talk to me a little bit about the gravel because I've never done race on gravel. Is it somewhat team oriented or is it uh, no, well, very much solo? More mountain bike. You know,
0: the model is evolving. Okay. so let's just say that so right now gravel is kind of the hot thing and right and people are are trying to figure out what the what the sponsorship model is going to be up to this point it's been mostly kind of privateers doing uh excuse me where they've kind of grouped together some sponsors and they're doing the social media thing and they're promoting the sponsors through their social media and stuff like that there hasn't been kind of a team thing yeah um uh i was lucky enough to have this team that approached me that they were kind of bringing those sponsors together because otherwise i don't have time for this you know i'm i got a full-time job you know i don't i don't have time to go chasing down sponsors i mean for me it would just be like i'm gonna just take my bike and i'm gonna enter this thing and see what happens Right. right so um it was really nice to have a team structure behind it um you know, we I think we've got nine people on our team. We have a couple of women who are really fast. Ashley Karlock, um and Amy Beazel. We have uh, Jonathan Kavner is kind of a, a masters racer. He was third at Nats this last second at Nats this last year. Um Nick Gould, who is um, kind of elite level mountain biker. Um several people I'm not remembering, but uh they're they're mostly based out of Colorado. But um, you know, the driving force is this guy, John Harp. Um put the whole team together, really done a great job pulling the sponsors together. So it just sort of happened really quickly this last offseason. And so that's the team story. So so now the
1: rate, let's talk about going to a race. So you get your team out there and you're saying that there's not much strategy for teams then in a race like this. It's what, 100 well,
0: plus miles? Let's just say this race was every man for himself. Okay. You know, I think a race where you have more if this was a dry day, it would have been a completely different story. You could play team tactics all day. Um, you know, you'll have a Peloton. You'll, you know, it'll be more like a Roubaix situation where you're actually group racing. Um, but the way the race played out by mile 15, we had six men at the front and everybody was probably ones or twos behind. So it, wow. was, it was that decisive early. What made um, it so
1: decisive early? Was it just the, the bad weather and
0: the mud? You know, every time you have bad weather, it was very cold at the start, very wet. I think a lot of people check out, and they weren't quite as attentive as they needed to be. Um, there was a couple decisive sections early with kind of some technical double track that we hit, and the mud was so slow if you were off the line that... People just going backwards, you know. I'm you were six inches to one side and you could be putting out two hundred more watts and, and hardly holding the pace. So it was it was uh really skill based. Um, you know, kind of kind of a perfect storm for a cyclocross skill set, being able to really pick that line and follow in line and always searching for the fastest fastest route. You know, you you look at some tracks, you're like going from one side of the road to the other to the other, trying to find that one piece of firm road that's gonna give you a little bit of less rolling resistance and uh and stay forward. And that's, that's something I've been doing for 20 years. And, and I, <laughs> I just kind of raced hard and I found myself in the front group after that split. So D- is now
1: the the course itself, is it a mix of, you know, road and gravel slash dirt <laughs> or is it just all like fire road? I'd say
0: it's gotta be at least 90% dirt because yeah, we had, geez. we had a little bit of road at the start and then at the finish, obviously, cause we moved back. But once we got out into those just rolling, never ending rolling hills, Um, it was all dirt, And that's all you saw was every time you just go over a roller and then you'd see another big roller in front of you. And it felt like, I think there was probably six K feet of climbing according to the Strava, but it felt like you were going up all day because you know, you weren't coasting downhill either. So it was, it was just a heavy day all day, just kind of high endurance pace because you're out there for six hours.
1: What do you do for um, feeding and you know, you're fueling? And, and, and well, did you have any mechanicals?
0: Um, no major mechanicals, I was lucky. Um, just kind of the standard like muds everywhere and everything sounds like shit. But um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for, for food, you know the way these gravel races play out, they play out almost like a cyclocross, well, they play out strangely. They don't play out like a road race where you have a couple hours maybe of slightly more moderate riding and then you have a real punchy finale. Um, they play out a little bit more like a cyclocross race where you have just, once you hit start to hit decisive sections that can be really early in the race, people are full gas. Mm. And even if you have six hours in front of you, you know you have to go full gas because if you don't, you're going to miss the split and you're off the back. So it's like, let's just shatter our legs in the first two hours of the race and then hang on for the rest. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's a painful model. And you look at the power curves of everybody and it's like, you know, threshold for the first two, three, four hours. And then just whatever sort of high endurance you still have left and you're just slogging. Um, you know, doing a, I've done a few and this is really how they play out.
1: What are the other ones that you've done?
0: Um, and is, and is well, this something you're going
1: to, I know you got a team. So is this what you're planning on doing more and more of?
0: I'm kind of the West Coast representative. Um, We're going to, we had a plan to get together for a few of the bigger races like Dirty Kanza. And um, I think Rebecca's Private Idaho was on the list and and a few others. Um, As far as like gravel events or events of this nature, I'd say I've done probably two or three kind of national caliber ones. Um, I did Steamboat Gravel last year, which was on this Monuments of Gravel list that. The Velanu's come out with along with the Mid South, and I got I got fifth. Um, that was an altitude race, and I'd spend a lot of time at altitude leading up to it, so I kind of credit that. And then I did Belgian Waffle Ride last year. That was you know it's another six to seven hour race, and I think I was twelfth out there. And that was the same thing. It's like you just destroy yourself early, and then just hang on. And they're painful, but you know, for a guy like me, I don't I don't have the The raw acceleration to hang with some of these young guys, so I'm I'm just trying to hang on with some some mental toughness and some savvy being in the right place at the right time.
1: So when you say there's like six of you on on up to the first 15 minutes or 15 miles or so, that's pretty it's pretty thin. You don't get it like you said. You just you're not drafting. You're just slugging it out. Who were those? I know (laughs) I saw Stetna was in the race. Of course, you know he's made this move, and I don't know if he had. I think he had a mechanical, perhaps. But what? How did it shake out? Was it was it just Attrition the entire time was there any, you know, you're just going or these guys
0: attacking you young bucks.
1: Um So and did they know got... who you were? Did you?
0: yeah, yeah, so um, That that split consisted of myself uh, Danny Summerhill, okay, um, Peter Stetna Colin Strickland Payson McElvin and Why um, oh, can I never remember his name? I'll I'll circle back to some mountain biker. I think he had a mechanical early, but um, but so after we made that split, I roll up alongside Danny and I'm like, hey, Danny, because like Danny and I raced back you know 15 years ago in Boulder. (laughs) It's like like, and I I haven't haven't talked to him in a decade. So and then the same story with Peter. Even though I've I've been chat I've been talking to Peter a bit more lately because he's been doing the grasshoppers. But both him and Danny. I raced against them back in um, the front range of Colorado back in the aughts when they were when they were juniors. So, um, yeah, they recognized me, but <laughs> I don't know if they were surprised to see me there or not like, in the who, front group.
1: Yeah, who's this old? guy? I remember you know you'd taken a, some time off and you came back to Chico, um, and we were I saw the first race I saw you at and I talked to you afterwards. You probably don't remember, but it was because you had your Vitamin Cottage your Chippers uh, kit on. And yeah, I think you are right. Yeah. Well, I knew I when I raced out in Boulder, I knew all you know, a bunch of those guys that raced with um, I think Dirk Friel, maybe. I don't know if he raced with yeah. you and John Tarkington. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. And so, Chippers
0: um, was right before my time. They were okay. Called well, Vida, but right then they them, went to but Vitamin but Cottage. I've heard right? the name, right?
1: Yeah. But then they they came into Vitamin Cottage, which was the team that you you had. At least that used to be their big sponsor. So I was like, mm-hmm. came and you I think you had uh, uh, an old bike, like, and I'm like, who's this guy? And you're like, competing <laughs> for the finish. So, um, that was my hey, there you go. But, um, yeah, so it's, that's I remember funny. that
0: bike. It was a, it was an old Eddie Merckx paint job. Yeah. It was like one of our first bike sponsors. Um, yeah, with the with the vi- with the garish vitamin col- col- cottage uh, <laughs> right. colors, which were like Barney purple and and bright orange.
1: Right, right. So when you were out there, I mean, you did a bunch of you did um, just kind of we'll go back, we'll back back and forth here to to this uh, gravel race, but. Um, just, the tour of gila you you got really you did a lot of tour of gila over the years i think you did you do that as a as a pro and as an amateur the, and a master's because yeah. i know you slotted a few years
0: ago i i finished six on gc one year in the pro race oh, wow. um which, which year in, was that I think it was like 2005 maybe that was it was before it kind Phil of built a area or something I'm... um it was it was like maybe right before zaycheck raced it. it was like i think um roland green was one spot behind me maybe Moninger won the overall of course um yeah you know won one that's um you know then yeah navigators was definitely a presence in the race that year but yeah if helo was always a big target of mine living in colorado we'd drive down and do the pro race um
1: so it's interesting how you're, right. you you do so good at climbing and well you do good at everything and that's frustrating for people right <laughs> like myself <laughs> cuz uh, you're you're a danger it's not you're not just a climber you can you can destroy everybody else and that's that's obviously why you've been doing well in the in the gravel stuff what's the the plan going forward you said there's going to be some you know maybe adventure riding um you know some ways to still promote kind of to promote your team um, well
0: well, I think everyone's hoping that the season is just kind of on hiatus and things will restart in the midsummer and the fall. Yeah. I know events like Belgium Waffle Ride is already rescheduled to November eighth, so it's almost like we've got our we've got our midseason break here, and we're just going to try to do some uh, some training and base miles and and um, maybe some adventure rides to try to bridge that gap and and kick back into the race season once we've. Kind of kick this COVID thing in the nuts and come up with a vaccine for it, right? Right. Well, I know that's it's on everybody's concern right now. I mean, I'm personally self uh, self sheltered at home. I'm I'm going out for rides, but I'm not I'm not meeting with people. Doing
1: anything like that yeah well i i was saying i spoke with tyler williams and he's like look i think the seasons if when soon when we get back to it it's just going to be really compact to the end so he just wants to be coming in revved hot so because everything's going to be a shorter season and so why not and maybe maybe you'll have that uh that opportunity as well <laughs>
0: uh you know my motivation is uh it's a fickle thing as bike <laughs> yeah. racers you know you you have to be very you have to have a goal in mind. At least I know I do. Um, so I'm actually treating this as kind of an off season. I'm going to, I'm kicking into a little bit of an off season mode here for the next, uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and then I'll try to build back up, uh, with maybe a target to, to mid summer. And I know we're going to learn a lot more here as the weeks and months go on. But, um, you know, I'm just I'm gonna kind of j- folk I'd plan some like I, we'd plan some big trips as a family that are that are canceled now. We're just kind of hunkered down um, here in Nevada City for the foreseeable future. So, and I'm just gonna try to try to enjoy the riding a little bit more than maybe focus on intense training at this point.
1: Yeah, get some family time. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what we're doing. With the hope of that we don't kill each other. A lot of homeschooling. A lot of bullying between the the kids and uh, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So back to the, the COVID issue, and, you know, there was some people that thought maybe the race out in Stillwater should not have gone on. Uh, what's kind of your thought process? And, and I, I don't begrudge anybody because at the time, I mean, everything was fluid. My daughter was going to go to Peru, and that was on, yeah. that was on, and then it was off. And good thing it was off because, you know, she might be trapped there. But, um, you know, what was your thinking or what is your thinking about that whole process? Well-
0: Without a question, if the if the race was one week later, it would have been canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just the timing of it. It was right when everything was being announced as far as lockdowns and, and emergency declarations. And, you know, the race at the time that the promoter made the call for the race, you know, there was very few cases in Oklahoma. I mean, obviously, you have people coming all over the place to fly to Stillwater for this right. thing. So um, it doesn't look great on the surface. But – and i know a lot of people made a decision not to go but i think given the information he had at the time i think he made a reasonable decision um to keep the race going and um i barely made it to the event i actually have a little story i i i was uh had a flight that on friday to get out there that i wound up missing because i had some trouble packing my bike and uh (laughs) <laughs> That's well, entirely my what, own fault what's that you know you, I, you try to put a gravel bike in okay. a in case oh that was exciting hang on uh man down i'll get back to it um
1: now i could see the the packing issue how that came about there, there we go.
0: go yeah so it just didn't fit and then i had a bigger case but by the time i swapped cases i was I was just a little bit too late to make the cutoff and went about to spend another four hundred bucks on a new one way ticket to Stillwater to get out there. That <laughs> that got me to my hotel at about one forty five in the morning for a, a six AM wake up the next day. Oh wow. That I that I had to build my bike in the morning at six AM. <laughs> so, oh
1: wow. So yeah, that's um, that's so you got in there the night before, well, the morning of and built your bike that morning and then what time did the that race morning. start?
0: Um, the race started it was supposed to start at 8 and I was lucky that there was a lightning delay to change it to 8.30 because uh, part of lightning my rush delay. to pack my part of my rush to pack my bike I lost one of the headset spacers so I couldn't tighten down my you know this is this is pro gravel right, right here this yeah. is this is the the high end elite stuff so but I was lucky my teammate he's like hey here let me put bring it to the start I'll take my spacer off we'll tighten your headset we'll tighten your headset down and then you just take the spacer out because you don't really need it, right? As long as the stem's tight. The those spacers on top, they're optional. Right, right. Are optional. <laughs> okay. So that's why I raced. I raced without uh, without oh. three mil of spacer that I needed under my top cap. Well,
1: maybe it was allowed. Did it, did it help you? That saved like some... everything. Yeah, okay.
0: that, that weight difference, definitely. When you've got another 40 pounds of mud on your bike. And A little shock on the, absorbance? or you're, you, got it whole, you got it on your shoulder and your, your bike's so heavy that you can barely even pick it up. You know, that, that made the difference right there.
1: I'm also seeing why you take your bike to the shop now. So it's it's all coming full circle to the story. It was here. murdered.
0: The bike, the bike was assassinated after this race. But, yeah, they yeah. do a good job. And usually I'm not that disorganized, but I had a bunch of work stuff going on. And, you know, I'm working until the last minute. And then I did it. I did a 15 minute opener on Friday before I, (laughs) before I flew out. So it was perfect. Got the, got the perfect legs for the race. It's
1: hard to argue with the success. So the only question is why you didn't win with that kind of prep.
0: You know, I had a chance. I was there. Okay. Tell Um, us about that. I, uh, you know, so we had, we, we got down to six and unfortunately, you know, Danny was very strong. Danny Somerelli, he kind of made that first split happen. He was very aggressive. Um, he tore his derailleur off, like, right before the kind of 50-mile mark where we had um, – where we actually were able to come and get a little bike wash and get um, some food and a couple bottles. So he was gapped off. Um, uh, we had Payson and his um, Rabobank teammate who had bridged up, apparently. And so we kind of – we lost two guys. We gained two guys. We were still rolling with five guys. Um through the feed zone and then um i think mile 65 peter there was this section that it was decisive last year apparently too and and peter knew it was coming and i happened to be on his wheel and i tried to, i followed him through it but it was like a giant gully maybe three feet deep in the middle of the road so you've kind of got this little trail on the side you can ride and eventually you have to get off and run and um I was actually right there with him and got on top. And now it's like, it's like me and Peter. I look back and we got like, we got a gap. And then he accelerates and it's on the flat. I'm like, I can, the skinny climber on the flat, and he drops me, you
1: know?
0: (laughs) And then he's gone. And so at that point, it's like everybody is just kind of one. Nobody is riding. There's no groups anymore. Everybody is single. And so this, we still had probably three hours left to race. And it was just kind of, find your pace and, and hold it. Um, we, we actually got to a point where we you can't couldn't ride your bike anymore and you had to kind of pick it up and, and run with it. And that was probably about 20 or 30 minutes of running. Um, just, you know, that mud that just sticks to your wheel and your wheel can't turn. You can't push your bike because it packs up. So you have to, you have to throw your bike on your shoulder and I'm like clawing mud off the bike and everything as I'm as I'm running with it. And I actually passed that's when I passed Peter. He had he had a mechanical. He was trying to fix his bike. I passed Colin while I was running. Um and uh so I was running second place for a long time but I had pacing. Um but eventually Colin caught me and and he dropped me on a climb. I actually wasn't climbing that good all day. Like I'm I'm kinda heavy right now. I'm not in my best climbing lake. So I was I was actually got dropped on several climbs leading up to this, and I just kind of clawed my way back to the group. So um, all I had was just kind of this diesel motor and, and a little bit of bike handling skills that got me to the finish.
1: What? Crazy. Um, so uh, you said uh, Stetna had uh, a mechanical. Do you know what kind of – Yeah,
0: yes. He. It's a rear, another rear derailleur thing. You know what happens when you get so much mud pack in there? Eventually maybe a stone or something will catch the chain. And you think of all that torque that the chain puts, all the torque you're putting on a right. chain, if if the chain catches in the rear derailleur, that rear derailleur is going to just kind of pull forward. Right. And th- this, this is a very common mechanical in cyclocross. Um, you see it a lot, like uh, the rear derailleur is completely ripped off, rips the hanger off, and you have to run with the bike. And uh, apparently Peter, like, it didn't completely rip off, but it, it bent in such a way that he could, sort of pedal in a couple gears so he did make it to the finish and in, in fourth place but he had a healthy lead and he was he was probably heading for the win. if it weren't for that
1: did um you're running you're saying you're you're running here for you know, long periods of time did you still have some cross fitness that, that helped you in this <laughs> uh, and were other guys trying to pedal maybe. through this stuff
0: i think everybody was in the same boat you okay. couldn't pedal through it okay. everybody had to do a hike bike um probably the cross Training did. I did a ton of running this last off season in prep for Cross Nats because there was a lot of running at at Cross Nats. But uh, I I don't like running, so as soon as (laughs) cross season was over, I didn't I didn't (laughs) run at all. Whatever it was, it was just sort of uh, sort of latent.
1: Yeah. So you're up in uh, Nevada City, and well, let me let me before we go there. um, Do you regret at all going? I mean, obviously you got third place, but um, have you has there been any Significant blowback from from writers. I just saw a few things on Twitter. Some angry people, you know, were upset that others had gone uh, because of the the COVID thing. Any any problems for you or any regrets on know. any of that?
0: I'm not sick, so okay. I guess I'm okay. Good, good. Oh you no, know, really? Really, that's the one. I mean, the the information we had at the time it was again, it was so close to the event that it just seemed really impractical to cancel it yeah. And, and you know this is all something we're just going to be dealing with right. as a community going forward so I don't think it's really fair to, to say hey you didn't do the right thing I think we all have more information now and, and we're all going to take whatever precautions are necessary
1: sure I, and I, I'm totally with you on that um, so you're up in Nevada City and that's kind of where you're I hope it's okay to say that's kind of where you're from and how many times yeah. have you done the Nevada City Classic
0: Ooh, over 10 yeah i um that was the race that kind of it was the race that i watched as a kid before i was a bike racer that kind of inspired me uh, throughout my throughout my uh, career whatever you call it um to to get into racing so it was the first i did it as a cat 3 and i didn't finish i crashed into those hay bales at the bottom of the course right. and um like uh, my highlight i think i got fourth place the year lance showed up uh did you do the right you behind, two, is that race? Right? That, that yeah, year? yeah. Okay. I was I was in the group with uh, it was me and Horner and Chris uh, not Chris Graylis, Chad Gerlock, and yeah. we we were the last group to get lapped by Lance and and uh, Levi and um, Andy Jacques, or Ben Jock Yeah. So we got to ride with Lance for a bit, and I got to see Lance put in his final attack. Um, and and before that. I lined up on the star line with him, and you know, I looked over and I, I looked at his legs, and I'm like, you know, I've never seen somebody's legs like that, and it turns out that that wasn't really natural. So like, there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were translucent. You could see into the muscle fiber. Wow, it was it was weird. Yeah, that is that is
1: crazy. <laughs> um, what what's what was the race before you, you do you remember any of the, the finishes before you actually raced like going and seeing it as a kid seeing any, like uh, I do yeah I remember Peter's terrified. dad or anything
0: um, Wayne Wayne Statner or um, yeah I think Wayne is his dad yeah I uh, I remember seeing Lamond uh, win the race before um, I remember I think um, uh, he was the he was a speed skater Haydn Haydn um, yeah, Hayden, yeah. I remember watching Haydn, and he just had the, the, the biggest quads you've yeah. ever seen. And that was when the race went all the way up Broad Street, kind of in the opposite direction it does now. So, yeah, it was it was kind of an inspiring thing, you know. as a As a racer, you like to see these big spectacles, and it was always the it was just the Father's Day thing. You'd go out there, right. and there were you know there were five thousand fans lining the course. So it was it was something to get excited about and, and inspire me as a kid to get into racing. So.
1: I, I love that race uh, for, for many reasons. One, it's, it's super difficult and uh, you know if you do well it it's feels very rewarding. Uh, but it's also just one of those kind of crits that um, like Cat's Hill I kind of see as you know it's just it's, it's a it's not a, a office park. It's just different. The crowds come out there and you've got the hay bales. Uh, I am really I, this is kind of the reason I'm asking some of these questions about Nevada City. I'm, I'm really looking to try to see what we can do to, to help it out in the next few years, you know every time, my friend, uh, Kurt Mills, he lives up there uh, in Nevada City as well. He's always, you know, wanting to promote the race and to push it on. And um, any idea why? Is it just lack of interest in the community? Is it just bike racing in general now?
0: I think the main thing is there's just more competing interests. Um, you know, it used to be, you know, back in the good old days, before the internet or whatever, um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot going on you know yeah. and you had that there was there was one thing in on the calendar for father's day and, and people said hey what are we going to do this weekend let's let's go watch this event right and um and now it's just we're we're just not that cool anymore so I
1: don't, I don't <laughs> were know we ever say, <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you th- do you think it's anything to do with uh, the difficulty but- of, of the race too though I mean, you know,
0: I don't think it's the p- participants aside. I'm just thinking about the spectators. Yeah. Um, I think we could rally the community more. Um, you look at an event like Tulsa and uh, Crybaby Hill. And, right. And they have, the community is always just kind of, they've still come out. They still come out in big numbers um, because they promote it as this sort of extreme event. And it's like a big, it's kind of a big block party. Um, you know, I think we could deal with, I think we could do something on the spectator side. But I think road racing in general just the numbers just there's going in the wrong direction and i don't know if anyone race is immune to that and if we could do too much from a from a kind of race promoter perspective to save that i think we have to or listen to what the the riders are doing what the riders want and that's that's why this big shift to gravel is happening because in the end, the events are just—they tend to be more rewarding from a rider perspective. So that's where you getting bigger fields.
1: Um, before I leave the Nevada City, because I do want to ask you a question about the participation on the gravel. Um, do you, which course do you prefer? I know the last few years they, they used to go all the way to the bottom of the street, and then they cut it. The I think which was more on the original uh, version. Um, <coughs> Any one that you prefer
0: uh, at Nevada City? Well, I have some perspective there because. Back in the day, they used to change the course all the time. Gotcha. There was there's no there's no like oh this is this is the canonical yeah. Nevada City course. I mean the course with the the big sweeping turn at the bottom
1: yeah.
0: has kind of been the the more recent classic, and I love that course because it's it's technically challenging. You have to hit that corner with speed and, and hold it through the second corner, which is even sharper than the first. Right. So it's a frightening turn um you know the new course is a little tamer honestly even though it's it stops mid block but you have to slow down more you can't take it with as much speed so i would totally i kind to- of t- i kind of like the old course better
1: i would me. totally agree and i think the the um the older course. well the one that goes all the way to the bottom i don't know whether it's new or old or whatever i think that's actually more difficult um uphill wise because you come around that second corner that whole section you don't get to carry much speed yep. up until you actually start the climb where the other one, you carry that speed up through the start finish and you've eliminated yeah. this. That was always my bottom section. That was my difficulty because I'd be hanging on the climb at the top of the climb. All the climbers in front of me, they're descending in my way and I can't get past them. And then they're blocking it up. So that's, that's, yep. that's my perspective. We
0: saw that play on the race. It was harder yeah. to break the race up the last couple of years yeah. uh, because I just don't think it was as hard. Yeah. So, who knows? Well, They'll i evolve. You know, Maybe we could you know, my favorite uh version of the race was so picture you go up past the courthouse where the start finish has yeah. been recently. Um, you kind of bang a right behind the courthouse okay. and then you turn a left on this incredibly steep, steep hill yeah. and it's like it's like there's a parking lot over there. It's really steep. And I remember they used to go up that thing and that was this was when I was watching it as a kid and I thought that was always really cool because it was just this really really crazy pitch and you'd see people start to paper boy that'd be more it. like cat's hill <laughs> yeah 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 but but built into the rest of the whole course too it's right. still a
1: lot of power yeah that that sounds horrible <laughs> In <a good> way. <laughs> um so a few years ago well like all these guys you know uh ted king uh stetna they're kind of moving towards the gravel and they're bringing a big deal and i know at Kansas a few years ago they suddenly had you know ef guys were out there and there was a whole thing about like this used to be like our um Kind of our, our, our society, or our, it's a it's a riding experience, and suddenly it's racing coming into it. Do you see a, a problem or a conflict with those at all, or do you not really? Because you're the racer. It's coming. not
0: that it's not there yet. I think um, what we see now is that there's room for everybody. There's room for every different type of rider in these events, um, and the stoke factor is high for both the front end and the last finisher, and. Unfortunately, that's what we haven't seen on the road. If you're right. if you're dropped in a road race and you're solo out there in the middle of, you know, the Central Valley, and it's probably going to be the last race you'll do because you get to the finish line, there's nothing happening. Right. You know, there's no party. Uh, there's no beer at the finish and, and kind of the stoke factor. Here, you know, the mass start, and I don't know if that's practical for every event, but the mass start, the congeniality amongst the group at the start, and then just the sheer adventure and the sheer um, accomplishment factor that every participant feels from finishing one of these kind of big events. That's what keeps people coming back. So I think there's room to satisfy both the pointy end and um, and just somebody who's out there for the adventure. And so that's why I think it's so popular.
1: Yeah, interesting. I don't see how that, that could really translate to the road, or especially crit when, you know, you get lapped and you're, they're pulling you, you know, you don't get it even finished and there's no stoke in that. So
0: You couldn't do a crit. It doesn't work for a crit. <laughs> no, but I think don't. even event, something like the Belgian waffle ride is kind of straddles it because it's kind of partially road, but it's still, it's a mass start thing. Um, so, you know, maybe this is the new model, but for me, it's like, I really started to get excited about this stuff when I did a grasshopper race a couple of years ago. And just the terrain that we were taken out on, and just the, you know, we didn't get to do that on the road. You know, right. I was out there in, in the, the foothills or whatever of the, of the coastal range. And, and you just had some incredible scenery. So, and a lot of tough climbing that I really enjoyed. And there was nothing like some of the road races that that I've done recently. So.
1: Uh, interesting. That's where. Look, speaking of climbing, I, I, just want to mention one more race with you is kind of reminiscent stuff here. Uh, the Bob cook Memorial, the, the Mount Evans hill climb. I've seen you've done, you've done that a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Why? And, uh, no, what are your memories of, of that race? Um,
0: my, my fondest memory was the year I, uh, it was actually the year Danielson set the record. I'm going to put an asterisk by that because we know know, uh, Tom has run into some trouble. Yeah. um but uh that year there was a whole bunch of these um it was like i think it was maybe they were slipstream but maybe they were still tia craft it was this pro team waters right. it was the water's team yeah. out of colorado and i'd always loved that race um it seemed like i always started to go faster once we got to ten thousand feet and uh, this year i was in i was racing for vitamin cottage again i was in really good shape uh really skinny probably the skinniest I've been. I was down around 160 pounds for a six foot three guy. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried to go with Danielson early, um, but I, I couldn't hold it. And the only how guy soon, I could how was, soon was uh, that
1: Was that before like echo Lake or was
0: it, it was before echo Lake. Well, before echo Lake and, um, um, who's our current national champion. All right. Sorry. Senior. Yeah. Senior moment. Um, he was, he was uh, able to stay with Danielson. Um, give me, give oh, me some oh, helpers. Mart-
1: Morton Lock. Lock um, no. Um, He's Australian.
0: <laughs> Alex, Alex Howes. Thank you. <laughs> Alex Howes. How's it going? Was able to hang with, Dan, with Tom until maybe past Echo Lake at some point. I stayed with him briefly and I dropped off and I was kind of running third. Um, and uh, eventually I wound up hooking together with uh, Peter Stetna and scott manager and it was the three of us kind of doing this chase um i wound up attacking them a little bit past uh, a little bit before echo lake and wound up chasing down um alex and uh and uh i went up second that year behind uh behind um tom i think i did a 147 which is uh yeah so it's uh so it's a that's a pretty decent time. That's
1: yeah. why the asterisk is important because that really gives you the win.
0: Well, we'll see. I got the I got the national <laughs> I got the state hill climb vest that year because Tom didn't sign up for the even though he lived in Colorado he he hadn't bought into the state association.
1: Gotcha. Where, uh, oh, so they awarded it for the the Bob Cook that year. The, the yeah, hill climb. they did. Okay. Yeah, the state. That's that's really impressive. I don't even remember so, my times up there when I did those, but.
0: Anytime you beat two hours, and I, I've gone back there, and I, I, I didn't beat two hours this last, this last time, so it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough hill to get up.
1: Well, I remember back uh, Engelman and some of these, and Monitor even, when they were doing it, and they would get their whole team, you know, that first four yeah. or five miles, it's kind of just a gradual, or three, whatever it is, and they would just set out a nasty pace, and then, you know, that's, that's one way to start it, but you've got to finish it, obviously, and it's a,
0: it's a slog. Yeah, it's almost the hardest part, that, that first kind of five percent section, especially if you guys are drilling at the front and you're you're a climber. But um you know, those are those those days of excelling in hill climbs I think are behind me. So I, I, I did not impress myself in the climbs out here at the mid south and I think I've <laughs> a you're bailing bit. on
1: that? All right. I don't uh, know. That, that's uh that's good for us that race against you that you're not going to take the climb the climbing so seriously i don't know if i buy it though so we'll see
0: um anyway. i don't know maybe, maybe i lost my sprint too you saw my finish at Snelling i mean i got smoked i was you know? wondering about that but um <laughs> now was that
1: uh you, you you did the 35s and the 45s right
0: i did that was my second race of the day right and so... apparently that was that was one too many so
1: was that the one was that Kyle Glam that won that? Is that
0: Kyle Glarum, yeah. He was he he put in a good sprint, but and I don't I don't want to diminish his sprint, but I had I had no sprint at all. I was like I looked I look down, I'm like, oh I'm doing six hundred watts and that's just, that's my biggest effort. <laughs> and that's not
1: that's not good at so, that little rise too. You know, I think I no. saw a video, maybe it was uh Kyle's bike or someone's bike and it showed, I think it was you tightening your, your, um, foot straps before the sprint uh, <laughs> didn't look so, uh, like, whoops. And then, uh, yeah, he, he had a good, well,
0: ever optimistic, you know, <laughs> prove me wrong until, so, uh, oh, that, yeah, you gotta let the race decide. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I knew, I knew my legs were gone. I could tell, I could tell already I was half lap to go. I could tell that I'd burned through whatever muscle glycogen I had stored for that day. And I was just, uh, you know, usually I would do an attack or something before and try to finish solo. That's that's kind of how I like to roll. Right. And I I didn't have the energy for to even try one of those. I was hoping that everybody else was as tired as I was, and it turns out Kyle still had a good sprint in his legs. So, you know, <laughs> so shut he, up.
1: he looked. I don't think. I think that was the only race he did that day. So that's that's the consolation if you want. You know, there you go.
0: Well, you know, you can't win them all. You got to pick and choose, and um. I'm happy with my, my two-race effort there. I think that, and i had done a lot of really long, um, intense training leading up to this Mid-South event, and I think that's really what paid out. I did a couple seven-hour days out there, which is pretty much a stretch for me, and um, that's kind of what, what it took to to perform on that day.
1: Are you looking to do well let's let's say world comes back together some normalcy are you looking at all to do um master's Nats this year and, and once again
0: some information um, originally in Utah. yeah originally I wasn't because I was planning on going to Italy northern Italy Wow and doing a bunch of grand fondos so but that those whole plans are canceled so you know it's hard to predict the future but if uh, if master's Nats are on I'll show up okay sure. well,
1: Everyone tag that out there. That's the the defending champ coming at you again. Um, we didn't even discuss nationals last year. I mean, uh, we could do it real quick, and then we could uh, send everybody on their way. But um, you went solo. Um, it, it, was it the Air Force Academy course for the road race? Yeah,
0: yeah, good, tough course. Yeah. You know, big climb every lap, yeah. just uh, just a straight-up hard man course. So, But um, early break, you know, with a couple of very strong guys, just kind of held, held the gap it seemed from lap three out of six, and and I wound up having uh, – I didn't have any teammates. Um wound up being in a situation where I had to make a decision about whether I was going to sit in the pack and see if the pack could chase him down or whether I was going to take an initiative. And um, kind of what I've learned is that fortune fortune tends to favor the brave, and so I, I – I, attack to make a bridge move with two laps to go into a headwind on the climb, and uh, went up uh, catching them at the top of the climb. Kind of group of three then me and Kavner and and Leroy Papatsky, yeah, worked together for you know the next half lap, and then I waited for the hardest section on the on the last uh, climb of the day, and and punched it over the top and, and went up soloing in. Yeah, oh.
1: probably not much better way to do it than solo. I, I loved it. You know,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's I. But you still feel like an animal out there, like you're being chased. Right. You know, it's never. You know, yeah. You, maybe in the last 500 meters you relax, but it's funny how many times people ask me, "It's like, why are you still looking back?" I'm like, "You can't help it. You know, <laughs> right. you're gonna look back because you just feel that pressure that you're gonna be that you're being chased down. You're being right. hunted. You don't want to. So you don't want be you, that guy. You but... don't. You don't relax. <laughs>
1: no." Well once again, congrats! you had a great season and um obviously even two thousand twenty if it ends now, which I hope it doesn't you can uh, you can call it good
0: Well, let's hope, that, let's hope that the world um recovers right. from this crisis and that yeah we, uh, we can go back to our little sport of bike racing and, right and enjoy ourselves right. in that niche
1: and, and you know so. I, I was uh, even on that it's just you know I was talking about when this first thing came about, and it's like oh, it's just bike racing and and yes, it is, but it's kind of a microcosm of you know people's livelihoods depend on you know some of them you know they're bike racers or they they follow the the circuit around or just everybody that is involved the guy that works in the bike shop that can't you know it, it everyone's impacted and it, it sucks everywhere so
0: yeah yeah i'm fortunate that i don't depend on bike racing right. for a living it's just a hobby but you know i empathize with all my my peers there and i i hope that this this little part of the economy survives and and you know, we we all come through on the other side,
1: right? And and part of what I'm doing here and just talking to some people is just one. I'm at I'm at home a little a little bit more than I'm trying to entertain myself, but uh, you know, just try to live some things up and, and give some people some entertainment. So I really appreciate yeah. you coming and uh, joining us because you've got some great stories, and uh, we'll hope to continue on talking with you throughout the year. Anything you yeah, want thanks, to plug like.
0: or, or, or or mention? Uh, I don't I don't know. You know, check out my Instagram. I'm a chess racer on Instagram. You can you can see all my amazing content there. Cuz I'm just a great content creator. Right. We is, we, we didn't even cheap. get into the fact that you're like a master <laughs>
1: chess guy. I don't know chess yeah. from, from checkers, but um evidently you're amazing.
0: Yeah, that's a bit of my username back in the earlier life. I was uh I mean I, I guess I still am um uh, a life master at chess. So um I I tried to do that for for about 5 five to ten years, uh, maybe maybe more like five, wow. but I wound up having to get a real job because <laughs> it, it didn't pay the bills either.
1: Well, sounds like you're doing fine with your, at least your work. And, and, and yeah. I hope things continue to go well. Thank you once again for joining us.
0: Thanks, Tyler. Pleasure. No problem.